everyone, this is Des from According to Des, and I am so excited for today's episode. I am here interviewing William Nunn. So excited to interview him. He is so funny and so cool. He is a voice actor, and he has been listed as one of the top podcasts to listen to for a Rick and Morty series. Very, very cool. So here is the interview. Hello, William. Thank you for joining me on my podcast. I'm Hello. very excited because you have a whole bunch of cool stuff I want to talk about. You do so many cool projects and you have so many cool hobbies and everything. So I guess let's just dive right into it. Your biggest thing, I feel like, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that you do a lot of voice acting and editing and video projects. Can you tell me about that kind of stuff and how you got into it? Well, I got into it primarily from not only just doing short films with friends, but I feel like it all really began when I was in my business of cinema class and we ended up having to select from certain documentaries what we were going to do like a PowerPoint on and kind of do not like a PowerPoint, but more like a presentation. And the one that my friend Jody and I and and a girl ended up selecting was I Know That Voice, which I highly recommend watching. It is on Amazon Prime still, I believe. If you have a fondness for cartoons from the 2000s or the 90s or even earlier than that, and even today, you get to see all these people that you've heard before but now you get to see what they look like, them talking about the industry, what's it like to be a voice actor, the process that goes through with it. And it's just a really nice, very neat behind the curtain sort of thing. It made me very interested in the industry. And then at one point after school ended, I was looking for jobs and I wasn't working at a place where I was doing a lot of wedding editing and such and a little bit of filmography. My mom talked to me on the phone at one point and thought, you've got a good phone voice. You should see about applying for a call center and then for the next year and a half i worked at three call centers oh wow really helped out with my confidence in my voice with making my voice better better at speaking to the point of where i would actually start using different voices talking to people on the phone really oh that's so funny wow Yes. yes there was one call where i had a conversation with somebody and i sounded like george takai the entire time and he had no idea that was not my real voice Oh, really? So he's just hearing me going, oh, thank you for calling, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, servicing. My name is William. How can I help you? Oh, that's amazing. So you got to practice all different voices on your customers? And I also got to make my friends crack up too. So. Oh, that's my great. Friend, my friend Josh and I would keep doing Mel Gear Solid sort of stupid versions of scenes and such where Snake would just start acting like he was a complete imbecile over situations where I'm out of nanomachines. I can't handle this on a kind. You have to get me out of here. I, I need to go on break in 13 minutes. Oh, but Snake, you, you, you can't do that. You need, to, you need to clock out here soon. I don't want to clock out. I, I feel like something bad's going to happen. Fox is going to get all over me. And just silly stuff like that. There's some things we did that I'm amazed we didn't get in trouble for. <laughs> but there were definitely circumstances where I would do a voice on a call and somebody would come up to me and say, you can't do that. Oh, really? And I told them, the guy told, because the guy I was talking to I did a Rocky Balboa voice for him uh-huh. because uh, his last name was Balboa. Oh. How could I not do a Rocky Balboa voice for yeah. someone whose last name was Balboa? You have to. So while, while we're waiting for a really long thing to go and process, I don't know, I don't know, I just want to see what's going on in this thing we're trying to do here, you know, just making all those sorts of crazy stuff here, you know, you just got to add some your nose whatever comes to your brain, that's how you did Rocky Balboa. That was how that played in, but just one of our higher-ups just said, you can't do that. I told him, 
the customer told me verbatim, you are excellent customer service. So oh, yeah. You would think that a job or company would want their employees to have fun at work, make their customers laugh and enjoy the experience. But I feel like a lot of places crush that kind of creativity or improv or whatever. And you would think customers appreciate that because you're enjoying your time. So it makes their time more enjoyable. Exactly. And call centers are really frustrating things to be involved in, whether you're on the side of the phone or on the side of the receiver, if you will. You don't think of like a call being a pleasant experience at all. Mm -mm. What's really fun though, and this will be my last call center story. The first call center I worked in, there was a thing that we would have to do where if we weren't getting enough calls, then we would have to start sending out voicemails to whoever called us, but we never got a chance to reach out to, or maybe they applied for something online and we wanted mm -hmm. to get back in touch with them. And this was a very boring and dull process. Most of these people, like maybe 95% of them never call back. Right. I thought, why not just let Optimus Prime talk to them? Just <laughs> my name is uh William Nutton and you have dialed blah, 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 blah. And we wanted to see if you'd want to <laughs> Another appointment with us. Leave a message after the beat. That sort of stuff would happen, and then uh, later on, I I did something similar to that, but I was so tired that I just went. <laughs> and then my manager told me, "You can't do that. That just makes you sound like a robot. You can't talk like that." Like I'm not trying to talk like a robot. I'm just tired. Uh -huh. And he saw that everything I had been doing with the voice messages had been wrong. Oh. So every single Optimus Prime or Christopher Walken or Solid Snake or whatever, they never got through. Even if I did all those voices, there was no consequence. It's like, okay, I just did a whole bunch of fun voices and didn't get in trouble for it. So cool. I feel like maybe more people would call back because they would be amused. Exactly. <laughs> Who does that? Who, right. Who calls you with Optimus Prime's voice? Telling you to get something looked in about your kid getting a daycare after school. Just, yeah. come on. The kids would like Optimus Prime. So Definitely. That's where that really escalated. And when you have enough people that you talk to at a call center and they're telling you, you should get into voiceover. You should oh. get into Okay. You, too many people are telling me that. Yeah. So yeah. Were you doing voiceover stuff, voice acting while you were working at the call center? Any side projects or anything like that? I started writing my first audio script because at this point I was starting to get into audiobooks. Okay. And the first one I ever listened to was Ready Player One. Oh, and, okay. And I immediately wanted to make my own spinoff that would take place where you're in the Oasis, you can be your own character, you have all these wonderful franchises that are universes within the Oasis that you can go to. So the creative possibilities were limitless. Mm -hmm. All of my notes for everything I did involving that project, besides what I put on my phone and my computer, they're gone. Oh, really? When I got let go, that basically caused me to not have access to anything I put on that computer. Oh, no. Back to copy it or anything. It's all right. heavy security type stuff. So it's like, this stuff is not leaving. Right. So I had to make sure I remembered as much as I could, put it down. I think I got enough to where like all the important stuff was there. Oh, wow. It would have been a hefty project if I were to actually go forward with it, especially since it would be like a whole series if I were to really put it mm -hmm. together. Did you get let go because of the voices? No, I got oh. let go because I had basically two jobs without extra pay. 
Oh. I got kind of miserable over it. I had already put in a three-week notice to try to find more work. It was pretty clear that I really wanted to go back to my old position really badly. Oh, really? Point where I was begging them. They just kept saying, no, you got to keep doing what you're doing. And then at one point, they let me go back to the old position. And then wanted to coach me a little bit. And then after I had a phone call with somebody who I swear to you was a dude, but he had a very high-pitched feminine voice, almost like how you're talking right now. Uh-huh. But it was a guy. So when I first heard the person talk, I said, ma'am, because I thought that was a dude. And it ended up turning out to be a great conversation, despite that little mishap at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was locked out and told by the guy who, who trained me and my coach that I was being let go and they thought it was a pretty much a terrible mistake that I'm being let go. Oh, wow. Yeah. My trainer is a very nice, friendly dude and I've never heard him say the F word before. Oh, <laughs> wow. That that was happening to me. It's like, this is ridiculous that you're being let go. I felt scared because I needed a job, but I also felt very relieved. <laughs> oh, you did? Yes. I was very happy about that to not be there anymore because when you're in a job that you're not happy with, it really drains you. It does. It does. And then you don't have that energy to do all your side projects and hobbies and, or anything like that either. Exactly. Plus, when I had the old position, I had enough open free time to be creative and work on things like that. Mm -hmm. So after that was done, I wanted to pursue it further. And when there was a little bit of freedom between jobs, I ended up writing a short film cyberpunk script that probably would cost like a million bucks to make it actually look good. <laughs> but it's like 10, 11 pages worth of cool stuff. That's awesome. So you use that opportunity to write. Yes. And that made me really passionate about wanting to do that and get into other ideas. And I was already working on a Star Wars short film at the time. Oh, okay. Which is not done because the visual effects take a long time. Right, right. Uh, that transitions into another question that I know you're going to ask, and it involves, please, guys. Uh, yes, yes. I definitely want to get into that. For those of you, if I only do audio, so you're wearing a Rick and Morty t-shirt. You do a lot of stuff with Rick and Morty voiceover. So yeah, definitely tell me a lot about that. There is a scene in my Star Wars short film that involves Kylo Ren. My friend Paxton, who was doing the voiceover, he and I were doing a session so that way I could get all this voiceover stuff for a particular moment. We wanted to get a scene down and it just turned into a Rick and Morty back and forth where he was Kylo Ren being with Morty's voice and I was Han Solo, who Han Solo is not in the short film, mind you, but we were reenacting the scene from The Force Awakens and I was Rick Sanchez. And it was so funny when we did that. We, he told me about a group of friends of his that wanted to put together a Rick and Morty episode. And I thought that would oh. be fun. Just in case, you know, like if you want to do more, I could write my own episode as well. So that way we have two episodes. Uh huh. They didn't go for the idea that they had. So I decided, you know, I'm just going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And my friend Brenna Bentley, who plays Ray in my Star Wars film, she is a the biggest Rick and Morty fan I know. She's who got me into Rick and Morty. She really wanted me to pursue and write this. Have you watched the show at all, by the way? I haven't. Right? I've never seen it. Okay. If you do, every episode that has an intro sequence, it always ends with them being chased after by Cthulhu. And Summer, who is Morty's sister and Rick's granddaughter, she's holding a baby Cthulhu in her hands. Uh-huh. And I wanted to know, what's that story? 
because we're clearly not going to get that. That's been every episode since the pilot episode. What's the story there? Why Why are they being chased by Cthulhu and why is there a baby Cthulhu in Summer Sands? Why are they running away from it and being terrified? That's Call of Cthulhu, my very first audio drama. So I wanted to tell that story and I had it take place in a separate universe because Mick and Morty handles the multiverse concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's why it's called Rick and Morty C-138 specifically, because C-137 is the versions that you follow through the series. Okay, gotcha. I had some friends that were kind enough to lend their voices and act for me and do all this stuff, and it really turned out a lot better than I was hoping it would. Oh, wow. It's a very long process, though, because I like to think of an audio drama as the cheapest movie you could ever make, <laughs> but it takes the exact same amount of time to make a, a big movie. As it well, I've seen your stuff. I've heard it and it does sound really in depth. So I always wonder how long these things take because I mean, you put a lot of effort into it. Thank you. When we started, I started writing over the summer of 2017 and then it wasn't until the fall where uh, we started doing recordings. Okay. And then I moved back to West Tennessee, Brownsville, and that's when uh, I'm primarily focused on editing. And editing took me about two months. Okay. Especially with staying up late and just getting all the stuff figured out and everything else. And then watching Rick and Morty episodes to make sure the pace was down. Because pace is very important for Rick and Morty. It's very... Mm. Almost an emotional beat needs to let the tension flow and breathe and all that. Right. That makes sense. But since this is more of a traditional episode, that's what causes everything to feel like a traditional Rick and Morty episode, whereas what I've got coming next is going to be much more of a large story arc. And that's an episode? Uh, It'll be eight episodes. Eight episodes. Okay. Wow. And so how far are you into that? Yesterday, I made a public announcement that Rick and Morty C-138 Call of Cthulhu was getting remastered. And going to be finally available on Spotify, Spreaker, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. It's going to be on the podcast networks. Awesome. That's awesome. Because the original version's only on YouTube as a video, not an MP3. Right. Now people can finally experience that episode with that. While also, I have to take out one song because it could be copyright issue if I keep that. Oh, okay. And making some transitions and sound effects a bit smoother and balancing out the audio. Then for the Cyberpunk Saga, September 13th is when part one is going to debut on those same networks. Oh, great. And then part two is going to debut on September 27th. And hopefully all of the remaining episodes will be released bi-weekly unless something happens that causes a delay. So for right now, I can confirm those and those have been a lot of work, so much so that the final product's going to be about as long as Blade Runner 2049. Wow, but you're so impressive because you put out all this material and you're so disciplined. You give yourself due dates and you stick to them pretty much. That's crazy. How are you that disciplined though? That's so hard for people to do. I love the process Mm -hmm. and I also like to make sure that I don't take an extremely long time to get something done Mm -hmm. because you always want as much time as possible to get something done. But there's also the timing aspect because season four of the Rick and Morty official series, that's debuting in November. I would like to at least get some content out there so that way there's maybe not a weird mix up or maybe people could get more excited for the new season coming out. So it's like, you've got this to look forward to while you're waiting. And then it just keeps going up until the end of the year. I also feel like with a series like this, when you talk about something enough, you want it out and you want it done. So it's always good to kind of give yourself a release date 
and be able to not keep everything hush hush because you want to start talking about it. you want to start getting it out there more and have other stories to tell because i can also tell you that next year is going to be when we do the interdimensional radio episode which is much shorter and for those who are familiar with rick and morty it's basically a radio version of the interdimensional cable episodes where those episodes have just a lot of improv and really weird bizarre stuff happen because they're just flipping through channels throughout the multiverse and it's all these weird programs like you'll see somebody who is talking about chairs and all this stuff and then he rips off his skin just because so we'll have scenes like that, but you only hear them on the radio because, hey, it's an audio drama. That'd be fun. And then hopefully one more big storyline, and then that will be the end of the series. So that all sounds super cool, and I can't wait to see how that all comes out. And you have so much stuff going on. So you actually collaborate with people all the time. Can you tell me more about that, how that process goes, how you find these people? The uh, short films I mentioned earlier, I made a lot of friends through those. Whenever you get to make short films with a group of people in a community, you almost form a village. Mm -hmm. That village will expand to other people and all this. A lot of them, especially with my friends Derek, who played Jerry in Call of Rick Fulu, and then Jamie, who played Hannah in Call of Rick Fulu, they were in some short films that I was in, and Brenna, she also partook in those too. And then, of course, Rachel, who played Beth, met at an actor, kind of like an inside the actor studio type thing that was happening in Knoxville. But it was also kind of like an actor training sort of thing. So you learn about acting, you get to go up on stage and improv a little bit. It was actually being taught by a famous actor, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he, he's a wonderful guy, very sweet. He was in White Men Can't Jump, so he, I, can, I can at least say that. I started going to these film festivals for the short films I was in also, and that's how I met people. And then you meet other people through them and you can start getting a whole lot of talent with all that going on. And you start bumping into people and you think, yeah, this is a nice person. That person's cute. That person's funny. I like that person. And then, holy crap, they're going to be in my audio drama. So who would have thought that, that the woman voicing Beth is a model and the woman who voices Summer is also a model? I mean, I've got like the sexiest cast that you're never going to see. So <laughs> That's amazing. That's so funny. <laughs> It's crazy. I keep telling people, y'all y'all should be jealous because I get to see what they look like and y'all can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. So you've done so much networking and how is it actually collaborating with them? Do you guys ever clash on ideas or is it pretty smooth? It's a pretty smooth process, especially since Brenna's kind of my go-to screens for script supervisor. Okay. So she makes sure that what I'm putting together is Rick and Morty enough. Okay, so great. That way, it still feels like Rick and Morty while I am telling my own story. Oh, that's really great. That's cool. It really helps. And then there's obviously sometimes where you can't see what's going on. So there's a lot of description that you have to give and let actors know what's going on. And Derek, who, when you get to listen to the Cyberpunk saga, he plays Judge Bauer, who's one of the main new characters that I've made for this series. He started out with a voice that I told him I wanted to be like Carl Urban in the Judge Dredd movie he was in, where he's really gruff and he sounds really intimidating. And I want to just see him eat all sorts of chocolate. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. And the voice he ended up coming up with was. I'm going to do this, if you do not do this, then I will make you do this instead. It sounded like Piccolo on Dragon Ball Z 
if he were going insane. <laughs> so I thought this isn't the sort of thing I wanted to go with, but right. we can try it. We can see if it maybe will be funny with that sort of tone of voice. And it just, it really wasn't sitting with me. I would sit okay. and listen to the episode. I just go, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. We're going to have to redo every single line. Oh, wow. And yeah, we did. So this is how much I cared about putting this together because I didn't want that. I didn't want a thing that I had a major problem with to be a downfall for all the work I was putting into this. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know if other people would feel the same way because one thing I've learned, if you get an emotional response on something you've put together, other people are going to feel it as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. So if you get a bad feeling about something, then maybe others will too. Mm-hmm. So when I got everything situated with Derek to redo everything, we found a very balanced voice that sounds like something he'd be more comfortable doing. And if he needed to explode, if he needed to have higher pitch or anything like that, we would work on it. And we really, we worked on it a lot. We had quite a few sessions for it. And I'm really happy with what we got. Some of it still didn't work, but luckily it added opportunities, which is really great about audio dramas. If something doesn't work, like maybe one word doesn't work, you can cut it out and have another character who hasn't said anything in a while, interrupt them and tell them, we're supposed to be stealthy here. <laughs> we're supposed to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, big, that's great. There's a big party going on. We got to be quiet so we don't cause a fuss. So let Chloe go out and do what she needs to do, which do look forward to that. There is a lot that we got to do with Rick and Morty that is not as much improv as something we'll expect, mm. but some of the bits that are improv are pretty hilarious. And then there's obviously, there's a lot of sound effects and music that goes into figuring out things. Because when I put together Call of Fulu, I kept thinking, this would sound cool for this. This would sound cool for this. Why not actually try it just to see? And when you hear the cyberpunk saga, you'll hear music from Snatcher. You'll hear music from both Blade Runner films. You'll hear probably some Terminator cues if I end up putting Mm. any in there. And one thing that's really involved involving putting this whole process together is the sound effects and the music so my process is write down the scripts or script in some cases get the recordings down and then the really long grueling process is to get as much of the dialogue lined up to how you're going to have it all be put together as possible and trim out all the fat for pacing so that way once you're ready to put the sound effects and the music in you know exactly where it's going to go. And it makes it so much easier. It's a lot of fun because that's when an audio drama really comes to life. I can guarantee you, you'll hear sounds of the lasers from Terminator. You'll hear uh, sounds from the Judge Dredd movie that Carl Urban was in. You'll hear music from Judge Dredd, the Stallone film. You'll hear music from Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon and both Blade Runner films. Some of it's probably going to go over a lot of people's heads if you're not familiar with the cyberpunk genre, but for those who are, I hope some of you will get a major kick out of it and be kind of happy hearing some of these sounds, especially since each episode, all eight episodes have their own action sequences where it's like it's not the exact same as another. So there's variety there. You also get to learn a little bit more about my version of Rick's past a little bit. And you get to see Morty end up having to make a choice that's going to be hopefully pretty important Hmm. by the final storyline I plan on putting together after interdimensional radio, which interdimensional radio comes out next year. 
It's awesome. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So much work goes into it. It's really impressive. And just the collaborations, how they go. It's, it's nice that you mostly have people that it goes very smoothly with and that are on the same page, which is important when you're doing something as in-depth mm. as this. Oh, yes. Especially since a lot of the people that I work with have already had theatrical experience and they've worked on, obviously, the short films I've been in. But Neil Irvin, who played Baby and Culbert Flulu, he gets to play Crovanius Tom. Look forward to that performance when the cyberpunk saga is going in. You, you won't hear much of him early on, but you will get to hear more of him later on. And he's a beast. And I love working with him. He's one of those guys that whenever I think of like put special guest actor at the very end of the credits, he will be that name drop there. So oh, though I can't call him a special guest at this point because he, he is a major, major role in this story. So I'm okay. happy about that. Oh, that's really cool. So as for the voice acting, do you mostly just do your own projects or do you get paid? Do you do side stuff? Do you do commercials, like anything like that? Or are you mostly focusing on your own projects, bringing those to life? I've only gotten paid for one project. And uh, where I do part-time work is at Farm Space, where I get to edit a lot of drone footage. It shows cotton fields, soybean fields, and all that. And I even got to direct a uh, political advertisement commercial. That oh, that's was, cool. There was a woman running for mayor, and that, it, that was a fun little gig. But there was one advertisement that we did, and we'd done a couple of different versions of it, but we still use the same voiceover where I got to do a commercial for Farm Space to show, here's what the drones can do, what they show off, the quality image, and you get to hear me talk over it for a few seconds. So I've got one commercial in my resume, which is kind of kind of cool. That's really cool. At one point, and then at one point, I actually got to voice a Sasquatch for a horror type theme park, and <gasps> I have not, I have yet to go there, but I did get to uh, uh, do a recording of that where I just did a whole bunch of <laughs> just those sorts of screams and roars and such. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> And I'm glad that it got accepted because I wasn't sure if it would be any good, but I just had fun with it because with an audition, you can't go into it thinking, if they don't accept it, I'm going to lose everything. Like It's an opportunity. It's a fun, it's a fun thing to do. And it gives you an excuse to be in front of the microphone and do something you hadn't done before. So, or if you're already familiar with it, then brush up, let it be a way to brush up your skills. So that way, in case they go, Hey, you got the job okay, I can do it again. So there you go. It's a great mindset to have with it because I know a lot of people can be really nervous about auditions Mm -hmm. and the voiceover classes that I've been taking have really helped out with helping me understand that there's a lot, if you keep things in a positive mindset with all this sort of stuff and the weight of these decisions and other things won't affect you so much and you can still enjoy the creative process. That is a really great mindset to have. So then even if you don't get it, it's not the worst thing in the world. You didn't put all this pressure on it. This is something that you're just, you're really having fun with it. And that's the most important thing. Very much so. And the other thing I like to make sure of too, is that in case maybe something doesn't work out with other actors and I cannot recast anyone, then I will sometimes take it upon myself to play some of those roles in, instead. ADR is a very tough thing, but uh, that's that's where like if let's say Ewan McGregor needs to do a line, but he can't get there to do it for some reason, so they get James Arnold Taylor. He sounds just like Ewan McGregor. He can do that that line that will make it feel like oh Ewan McGregor did show up for that line. No, somebody else actually, but you didn't know that. <laughs> 
Right, right. You did a very good job with it. And that, that can be a challenge, but just taking over for a whole character, it's a good way to not only enhance what you're doing with your storyline to make sure, yes, I know exactly what this character is doing, so I have to do it myself now. But it also kind of honors Justin Roiland a little bit. He's like the co-creator of Rick and Morty. He voices Rick, he voices Morty, and he voices a crap ton of other people in the series. After a while, while you're watching the show, you'll start to go, yep, that's Justin, that's Justin, that's clearly Justin, especially with how he stutters and does his, you know, a whole bunch. That sort of stuff you kind of have to figure out and pinpoint and research. That's what makes it really fun to do fan-made projects that are based off established material. You get to appreciate what you're taking and using for your own stories a whole lot more. Almost like what Quentin Tarantino does, but he will deliberately pick stuff out and homage them, whereas I'm just putting it in a different universe and these are the characters that you you kind of know, but they are different at the same time. And I kind of have a different question. So these are fan projects, a lot of them that you do. So how do you work or work around copyright? Because I know you said your Star Wars one actually did get taken down. Now, so- that was a different thing I will go on and point out because what she's referring to is a uh, fan edit of something that I had put together that was for a dub Mm -hmm. for Star Wars A New Hope, where um, for anyone out there who is aware of Star Wars The Third Gathers Backstroke of the West, that is a poorly, horribly translated from Chinese to English translation of Revenge of the Sith. And people actually got voice actors together to create a dub with that horrible translation, and it's absolutely hilarious. And then people did that again for A New Hope, and it's only on Vimeo, and there's no other videos that are like highlight reels or anything, so I thought I'd make my own highlight reel of that, and YouTube didn't want to have it on YouTube. So okay. it got blocked. My Star Wars short film, that would be nonprofit, like Rick and Morty is. So okay. I'm not wanting to make a dime off of it. I'm not wanting to uh, have any infringement issues. I just want to have fun and tell some stories that won't bother anybody's already existing franchises especially since that with Rick and Morty, it takes place in a whole nother part of the multiverse. So it won't contradict what they're coming up with for future seasons. And then with Star Wars, it's a what if scenario that I'm okay. about the Padawan. So I'm very cautious about a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I want to do what I want to do with it because the story and the vibe that I want it to have, I think will make it not only necessary, but will make it the best version it can be. Oh, so that's great. Because I know a lot of things, YouTube is very strict about copyright. You have have everything kind of mapped out and planned, but then what? What's next for you? What are your thoughts? Where do you want to go with everything? Well, I definitely want to make my own original content for sure. Okay. After my final Rick and Morty C-138 storyline, the main focus will be original content at that point, Mm -hmm. though I do have an interest in doing a Predator audio drama as well. Oh, okay. Really fun to do. Yeah, that that would be. work so well in that medium, especially if you have uh, people trying to find them and He's like, hey, where, where'd you go? And that guy's buddy is actually really just the predator masking his voice and trying to lure him into a trap. That could be fun and scary to create there. I also like the idea of doing a whole bunch more of some of the short comedy audio dramas that I've done, like Dr. Tobrit and The Dragon's Diner. I loved The Dragon's Diner. It made me laugh so hard. I really enjoyed that a Thank lot. Thank you so much. 
those are on my future voice podcast which are on, on spotify apple Podcasts, Spreaker, soundcloud and youtube making those is a whole lot easier than rick and morty but there's also that fun vibe of just maybe working with a very small cast where it's maybe myself and one other person or two other people there's another storyline I have in mind that would involve, but there's this new construction building being made and someone who's frustrated with her job, she reads the sign and she reads it wrong and it accidentally summons a demon. Oh. And the summoner who was trying to summon the demon in the first place is really mad about it. So now they're having kind of a tug of war over who should be with the demon because the woman who hates her job, they her and the demon become pals and the summoner wants to use the demon to essentially, you know, use her aggressions out on whatever she's angry or mad about. So I think that would be a fun comedy short to do for something like that. And then I've got other ideas. I wouldn't mind somehow seeing if my cyberpunk short film Operation Ragnarok goes anywhere. That could be a long time endeavor to do that. And I also got into theater recently. I'm in a yes, that's right. Yeah, your play is coming up. What is it called, you said? The Cast List. And this is one that really lets me get to be uh, funny and do different voices and all that because my character in that play is Calvin Anderson. And this is all taking place during a production of Romeo and Juliet. And I start out introducing myself to everybody who was the director and stage manager. And then I have a monologue to audition for Romeo. And I just go full Gollum. <laughs> freak them out. Just whole... Ah, mine is the process. Look at my hands. No, Calvin, love the process. That does not belong to you. Belong to Calvin. The process is mine. <laughs> I kind of paraphrased that. <laughs> so he's like the last person that they want to have be Romeo. Uh huh. And they wrote a list of all the actors that showed up to audition. And unfortunately, that list got mistaken as the cast list. So Calvin is now going to be Romeo. Oh. And he is reading Shakespearean dialogue about when he first starts out like William Shatner, going full, full Shatner. It, it is really fun to do that. There's uh, us training for stage combat, and I'm treating it like a lightsaber. I referenced The Office at one point. There's just all this stuff that just makes it really fun. And I would definitely want to do more theater because the better you get as an actor, the better you're going to get as a voice actor because voice acting is acting. You just don't have to wear a costume. I can just use my voice to convey emotion and tell story and anyone can do it. That's what's yeah. so fun about it. Even you, you can do it too. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like my voice is kind of annoying, but... <laughs> You have a great voice. Thank you. I can't switch it very well. But is this your first play? This is the first play where I had a major role in. Okay. Because when I was really young there, and back when I used to go to church, there were, you know, little plays where you could be like the sheep or the goat or whatever and just walk around and be cute, mm -hmm. say a couple of lines. And then in high school, I got to play bass for uh, some high school play productions for Grease and Annie Get Your Gun. Those were really fun. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't do theater again till, uh, till, well, we started rehearsing, I think back in the very end of July. So end of July, like a month ago, end of July, for those who are listening and this could be a different time period. So oh, yeah, it takes me a long time to edit. So I don't know when this is going to post. <laughs> it's taking longer because my computer's broken. But when is your play actually going to be? When are you performing? 
it begins on September 13th and goes uh -huh. on till the 15th and then the weekend after that. So the 20th to the 22nd. If for some reason anybody is in Trenton, you know, or in West Tennessee, come out and see it. But I will I will say that also on that same day, September 13th, that's also when part one of Rick and Morty's C-138, the Cyberpunk Saga comes out. Oh, that's going to be a big week for you. And it's only two weeks away. Yeah. And wow. I, I still got to put in the final touches with the remaster for Call of Fulu as well. And I only have like two more things left to do for part one. And then part one's pretty much done. And part two, I still have a little bit left to work with. But I've learned a lot about what it takes to put a motorcycle chase sequence together. So I'll, I'll say that to get people to look forward to it. Oh, great. Oh, I'm so excited to hear everything you have coming out. You have such a busy few weeks coming up. September is going to be a busy month for you, but an exciting and fun month though. Oh, yes. And on top of all that, I still want to make sure I have enough time to rewatch Breaking Bad before El Camino comes out. Oh, you're going to rewatch uh, the whole series? Yep. Wow, so, it's long. It's that good though. I can do it. <laughs> I can do it, especially after the play is over, because once the play is over, binge, binge, binge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's going to help out a lot, because right now I'm in rehearsal mode. And then, of course, there's a Dark Crystal Netflix series that's been beautiful so far. And uh, I'm really into the boys right now on Amazon Prime. So I started reading the comics last night, actually. Oh, um, wow. So you've got to make time for the stuff that you have to do. But please make time for the stuff you want to do so you don't go insane. That's so true. And then I feel like because there's so many good movies out right now, there's so many good TV shows out right now. It's so hard to kind of prioritize your own stuff. It's so easy to get sucked into other things. So you're totally right to, you know, have a good balance of doing fun things, but also being productive with the fun things you want to do too. And not just only watch every show, like also put in your own work and be productive with your own self because it's so easy to put that stuff on the back burner and kind of eat up everybody else's content when you want to make your own. So that's important. And the way I like to handle that is to try to schedule as much of my stuff as possible because mornings are not reliable for me. Mm -hmm. I can wake up and be, I'm going to watch another episode. Let's go. I'll do that before I go to work. And then I get up in the morning some days and it just, I don't want to do anything. I'm just going to lay here, maybe look up a few YouTube videos. And then once it gets close to going to work time, all right, I'll just go to work. I'll, I'll do what I was going to schedule for today for the afternoon. So never expect the morning to be 100%. But the afternoon and nighttime, commit to those. Mm -hmm. and if you can do that, then you'll it'll help you out a whole bunch. Because then that way... The stuff you have to do and the stuff you want to do can be accomplished before you have to go to bed. I love how disciplined you are and how you do those deadlines. That's something I definitely need to work on. That is just probably my biggest weakness, I think, because when I work on something, I can get out a lot of content. I'm pretty quick, mm -hmm. but I just don't do it. I don't schedule it. And then I have a lot of different projects. So I'll work on one and then and I'll be almost done with it. And I'll be like, oh, well, let me hop to this thing. So that's definitely something that is really great advice. So I'll have to start implementing that as giving myself deadlines. That's really good advice. That's one of the reasons why I am making sure that after Rick and Morty, that's when I'm going to really focus on being willing to have a variety of projects because my time is really focused on getting the remaining episodes done. So that way, I'm going to say once New Year's Day of 2020 happens, that's when I'm going to start writing interdimensional radio. 
And then after Interdimensional Radio is out, that's when I'll start working on the final storyline. But in between then, I can still keep working on shorter audio dramas, other things, other projects that could somehow be fun to do that I have no idea are going to happen yet because we don't know what the future will entail. We could have something happen that might make me go, ooh, I want to do something Batman related, even though there's a million Mm -hmm. Batman things. But at the same time, that's what's fun about Rick and Morty. There was no Rick and Morty audio drama until I came around. And you feel more willing to do something when it hasn't been done before. So I think that's another thing. Because if, if, you, if you decide to go for a whole Batman story where there's already a billion of them out there, how is that going to stack up? How is that going to compare? Right. Do something that's unique and something that you, you haven't heard before, but also something that you would personally like to listen to or see. That's what makes the best projects. Because why have Cthulhu and Nier-Lefertep in the same story in Call of Rikthulu, but not have them go into a kaiju-type brawl like you'd see in a Godzilla movie at the end. I mean, Cthulhu carnage like that, a Lovecraftian kaiju battle, is something I've been wanting to see, and I made it happen. So make what you want to have happen happen. Just make it kind of as logical as possible. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. And you and I should totally collaborate on a short audio drama because I'm a short film writer as well. That would be so fun if we collaborated on writing something together. Why don't we collaborate on something right now, actually? Okay. One of the things I really love to do and I think is really great for anyone who wants to get into acting or storytelling or anything is improvisation. Uh Uh-huh. So we're going to do a little bit of improv. So, Oh, boy. (laughs) I just want to ask you, Des. Okay. uh, you are a constant traveler, and I think what would be really fun, I want you to give me a location, a place that you have been to that the first thing that comes to your head, and then think of like a really bizarre version of it, and tell me what location you're in, and I will create a character that is from it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so the first thing that came to my mind is I love going to the beach, and the most beautiful beach I've ever seen in my whole life has been in Nicaragua. It was this incredible beach. We didn't know where we were going. We didn't speak Spanish. We got on this bus that people pointed to and we just kept saying La Playa, La Playa on the bus. And then they randomly pulled over on the side of this dirt road and kicked us off the bus. And we're in the middle of nowhere. We don't know where we are. We don't know what's going on. We walk around and I just see this random like blue in the background, but it's like behind people's houses in their backyard. So we go through these people's yard. We get to the back and we just see this incredible, this beautiful beach. Nobody's on it. I love rocks. I collect rocks and seashells and it's just covered in the most perfect shells you've ever seen in your life. There's these big giant rocks to walk on into the ocean. The waves are like crashing up on the rocks. And then we just see like a million sea creatures. We see all these fish. We see all these crabs. We see all these hermit crabs just all over the rocks. And there's just these big waves. So yeah, that's the setting that came to my mind because I always want to go back there. And it was just such, such an adventure. And I love animals. I love any sort of animal, like fuzzy, shelled, whatever. And there were just all these amazing crabs and creatures and they were everywhere. And it was just really cool. So the idea I had in my mind after you described that you're on a beach, kind of lots of rocky stuff out there and you find a crab and it can talk. Uh I will be be the crab. Okay. All right. So I'm going to let you start because you've been in that location before. So set up the scene for me and I will respond because acting is reacting. 
Okay. Okay. So, all right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to start. Okay. Wow. Where am I? I can't believe they just kicked me off of that bus. I'm so lost. Oh, wait. What is that? That might be the ocean over there. I can't tell. Oh, gosh. It's, what is that? Help me. Help me. What is that noise? Oh, let me go through here. Um, hello? Hello? Hi. Can you can you flip me over? I I I tripped and I I fell on my back and my shell's too heavy. I I can't I can't get up. I can't oh get up. oh I didn't know crabs could talk. Yeah, let me help you there, little guy. All right, there you go. Oh oh thanks. I I really appreciate that. Um wow, you're really tall for a living person. You're um, uh really small for a living creature that I didn't know could talk. Yeah, we, we, we tend to be quiet around you, but you, you, you came to my aid, so I'm, I'm grateful. Hi, my name is Crabzies. What's your name? Hi, Crabzies. I'm Desiree. You call me Des. What are you doing here off the beach? You're kind of far from the water. Well, I'm here to find treasure. And um, two of my friends, they wanted me to go and find treasure. And um, they told me that it would be like really green, papery type treasure. But I don't know where it is. I, I don't find it. I can't see a golden chest or anything like that in the old stories. So maybe I can try to see if maybe you could help me find treasure. Um, do you happen to know what they're talking about? These green papers? Are you talking about this? Here, let me open my wallet. Are you talking about this? This is a dollar. Oh, um, yeah, I think so. But the guy's face looks a little different. He's got like, a, they told me he has a weird wig. And there's like a one, a zero, and a zero uh, in the corner. Uh, does that help? It does, but I don't have that much. And if I did, I, I wouldn't be able to give that to you because that's that's a lot of money and I would want to keep that for myself. But what, what do crabs even need money for, paper? How is that useful to you? Oh, well, you know, just to get 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 some get some meth, you know, just just some stuff like that. Well, I don't have that much on me, but good luck to you. And if you find it, let me know. But it's not its not regular meth. It's C-meth. You know, C-meth, it's, it's all the rage right now. It makes all of us rage. And we're, we're out of it. And we, we need that money, Des. So please help us out or at least, you know, maybe see if there's something you could do for us. I, I would owe you. Well, do you know how to surf? Because there's a surf school over there and maybe you could give surfing lessons and they would pay you. Oh, do they sell weed there? Probably. Oh, that could probably do well for me. Uh, um, tell you what, carry me over there. I, I, I would love to go there. Okay, let's go. We walk All right. Over, we walk over to the, we walk over to the grandest surfing arena in the history of mankind. <laughs> we see this guy named Jordan Maliford just waving his long blonde hair as he looks over and sees a crab in a woman's hands. Hey, uh, is that a crab in your hands? Uh, yeah, this is my friend. Huh? This is my friend, Mr. Krabby. It's Crabsies. Oh, sorry, Mr. Crabsies. Oh, wow, it can talk. <sighs> I'm not high enough for this. Um, so what brings you over to my humble establishment? Well, Mr. Krabsies here needs $100. Oh, is he wanting that C-meth? Oh, how did you know about that? 
don't talk about it too loud, okay? Wow. They're listening. Who's listening? The whales. Oh. The whales know everything. Yeah, you you, you don't want you don't want to alert the whales. That's why it doesn't happen over here too often. You know, the, the, they're the big blue. They'll, they'll 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 cause all sorts of stuff to happen out here that we don't want to have happen. Yeah, man. What you need to do, they won't suspect a thing. You could get you could get the money, you could get the meth, and we could have a big party out here later. What do you say? Um, what was your name? Me? Yes. How am I? I I just wanted to get a tan. You want a tan? Well, baby, we've we've got the uh, German Kush. We've got here it is. Yeah, this right here. This is the tanning blow. This is this will make you so stoned your whole body's gonna brown. Oh, that actually sounds really good. Could I have some? Yeah, give it to the little guy. But he doesn't have any money. Oh, I'll give it to him for free. What? Yeah, bro. He's a cool little crab. You don't see that happen every day. I gotta see what it's like when he has a buzz. Mr. Krabsies, what happened to needing a hundred dollars? Uh, $100 or free weed? I mean, I'll take the free weed. Ugh, I gotta get out of here. This is too much for me. I'm gonna go get my tan. Have fun, guys. Oh, no, don't go. Don't go. Hey, I'll catch you, buddy. No, don't leave me with this guy. Ah. Bye. Have fun. I'm gonna go hang out with the whales. Whales! Whales! And outcoming as soon as you reach the shoreline comes a massive blue whale. Hello there. What brings you to our beach? Kind of trying to run away from Mr. Krabsies, and I just want to lay down and get a tan, soak up the sun, but I don't know what's going on. This is the strangest beach I've ever been to. Did he ask about the space, the, the, not the space, but CMF? Um, he did. Good. We've been tracking him for a long time. Did he tell you anything about his crew? Not really. He just said he's looking for treasure, but it turns out it's a hundred American dollars. A hundred American dollars is a lot of money. You don't see a whole lot of dollar bills floating out at sea, do you? No, never. Well, the crab ended up seeing a uh, illegal copy of Lethal Weapon 2, where a whole bunch of money got knocked out from a tanker, at, or a tanker crate, really. And then it all landed in the ocean, and he and his buddies thought, Money like that could be laying out on the beach where the humans reside. Maybe they could find it and use it for meth or anything else they can get their hands on. And we've been trying to stop them because they're complete idiots. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, he's at the surf shop trying to give surf lessons or something for $100. I don't even think he knows how to surf, honestly. Well, if a crab can learn how to surf, then that's better than a crab being on sea meth. So you did the right thing bringing him over there. Oh, great. I didn't realize. I was just kind of trying to get rid of him. You did the right thing regardless. Are you awesome. Wanting, are you wanting a tan? I am. Okay, then. Well, he brings out a massive flipper and holds out a really large thing of tanning cream. I found this in the sea. Maybe this could work for you unless you're more of a sun natural type. Um... I probably shouldn't take that from a stranger. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't even tell you my name, so that kind of makes sense as to me being a stranger. Um, well, how about this? My name is Beluga, and if you want, you can take this. 
and see if anyone else would want it. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Thanks, Mr. Beluga. It'll cost you $100. I don't have $100. Then who else told you about the CMF? Mr. Krabsies. Did he mention anyone else in his crew? No, he, well, he did, but I don't remember. He just said they're like in the ocean. Did he mention two or three? Was there any other numbers? Um, maybe 10? Oh, he's going to have an army. We have to stop him. We have to stop him before he takes over the entire drug ring. It has to end now. What, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to save the ecosystem. How? I don't know. You're, you're a human. You're supposed to know these things. I just know water stuff. I mean, I just have sunblock. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> it is really fun. It can be really goofy, really silly, maybe even not compelling. You can keep going and come up with ideas on the fly. That's what makes it engaging and really fun. And I thought you you did well with the uh, being kind of the person that's like not a fish out of water, but a person on an odd land or a stranger in a strange land sort of circumstance. So I thought that was really well done on your end. I kind of went from like a Mufasa voice for the for the whale to almost like a solid snake interrogator sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Where is the CMF? Why didn't you tell me where it is? <laughs> oh, jeez, Rick. I, I don't know why we keep doing stuff like this in front of Daz. It, it just, it would make her so uncomfortable. Shut up, Morty. She's clearly g- g- giggling over it. So just, 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 just roll with it, Morty. Oh, okay, Rick. Um, You know, we, we've been talking about Rick and Morty throughout this episode, and I didn't even get to do my voices for them that much. So, y- yeah, you get to hear me do it now. So, yeah, Morty, she gets the point. Just... Just, 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 just go with it, you moron. Okay, bye. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Well, I think I'm out of my questions. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to share? I don't think I have any, actually. I think we covered a whole bunch, and um, I'll go on record. I'd like to do an audio drama with you at some point. That would be so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And so thank you so much for joining and send me all of your links, podcast, everything, YouTube channel, where everything's going to be so I could put it in the links below so everybody could see it. Yes, most certainly. It has been an honor finally being able to talk to you out loud since we've been Facebook friends for a while. It's like, I get to, we get to actually have an open mouth conversation. So it's been a long time. We've been Facebook friends since you said what, 2012 or something, right? Yep, back around, I think, the, when The Amazing Spider-Man came out, something like that. It's been a long time. Well, yeah, this was awesome, and we could definitely do this again. And yeah, let's start shooting back forth and forth ideas and uh, see what we could come up with, well, after probably your crazy month that you have coming up. Yes, so let's, <laughs> let's wait for October. <laughs> yeah, October, it's on. <laughs> October, we could do a horror audio drama. That, yeah, that would be a lot of fun because actually my short films are usually horror thrillers. That'd be fun. All righty then, let's do it. Awesome, well, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Great talking to you, Des. Okay, everyone. So that was an interview I did with William back in July and it is March. I am so sorry, my computer crashed. So many things happened. I moved into a house and there were issues with the house. Just life got in the way and I'm so sorry. 
I did not mean to take that long to post that interview, but isn't William so great? Wow, he is up to just so many cool things, and since this podcast was recorded back in July, he's done so many more amazing things, so I am planning to interview him very soon to get an update. So go to the show notes, go to my website, and you will find all the ways to follow him, all the different places, his channel, his Instagram, just everything. Um, and cool things he mentioned also. Very awesome. That was such a fun interview. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and join my Facebook group. So that's where I find a lot of the interviews to do through Instagram and my Facebook group. So I'm at according to Daz on Instagram and my Facebook is facebook.com backslash groups backslash according to Des. And you can post anything you're interested in there. It's for people with hobbies and passions and side hustles and all these different things. I mean, even if you have an inspiring quote you want to share, I love it when people share things. So very cool to join that. I would love for you to join that conversation and listen to my podcast. And you can follow my YouTube channel. I'll put the link in the show notes. And I just have little travel videos and random kind of things on there, videos from places I've traveled and just places I've been or even my opinion on places. There's a lot of animals on there. So very cool. Thank you for listening.